All right, welcome to the wild times. We are back. I'm here, the producer. No one cares about me. Hmm. Ratep is here. What is your name? The professor? That's what you call yourself? The professor. I have a PhD in technology. In technology. Like make fun of me for saying it that way. And filling in for Forrest, everyone's favorite guest. You guys have been clamoring to have him back since he was on last time. The Australian bro, the Australian broologist, Bradley Trevor Grieve, BTG. What's up, man? Woohoo! Hey, it's a pleasure to be back, gentle bros. Welcome. It's uh, it's a delight. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that Forrest is is missing in action. And us yeah. too. As a man of impressive dimensions, there's a lot of me to go around. Let's get into it. <laughs> so, Bradley, well, what do you? Uh, yeah. We have a cocktail because we like to celebrate every podcast. I've got a Bitburger Premium Pills. What do you got there, Ratep? Very nice. This is just your standard vodka soda, nice and healthy. I'm on the impeccable diet, working on my pecs, trying to keep my gut huge. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I was digging around. I, I found a very nice bottle of vodka. Yeah. Found Ooh. a very nice bottle of Kahlua. Nice. And I created the mother of all black Russians. Oh, my oh God. God. <laughs> that yeah, jar's buddy. as big as your head. <laughs> that, that is the only jar size that's appropriate. Um, I am cheating in one regard that this is made with milk and not cream. Because if I drink mm. this much cream, it's just going to be poltergeist for the second yeah. half of the show. But uh, Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Dude, yeah, I, I, I can't He's wait. Really, I really celebrating yeah, I, over there on his end. I cannot <laughs> wait to see you uh, thirty to forty-five minutes into this show after drinking that thing. I tell you, we had it when I was a young uh, lieutenant. Uh, we had a horrible uh, accident. This is how I know about the cream thing. We had a St. Patrick's Day uh, <laughs> cocktail party, and everybody brought their dates along. We thought it'd be fun with this beautiful silver punch bowl from the Second World War. If we just uh, put in some Irish cream whiskey with pure vanilla ice cream, 50-50, <laughs> mixed it up, and the ladies oh, loved it. And yeah. about an hour and a half in, everybody was vomiting in the bathroom. So hopefully... It's <laughs> way too much dairy, dude. Like, that's... Yeah. I mean, vomiting, by the way, I think you're editing the story. I think it was coming out the other end would be my guess. It, it, it wasn't great. It, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of expulsion. A lot of, a lot of dairy exudate. It's, it's like that uh, episode of Seinfeld where Frank is making the, uh, he has a flashback while cooking and one of the uh, crepes bursts and everybody in the room starts freaking out and he just starts knocking the food out of everybody. That's what I'm picturing when this is happening. <laughs> Bradley, last time you were on, your, uh, your movie Penguin Bloom on Netflix yeah. was just premiering. I think it had already premiered in Australia at that point. It was just coming out in the U.S., uh, how's it been, dude? How, has it been doing well? What's the feedback you've been getting on the movie? Um, thank you. That that actually sounded like a natural segue, and uh, it did. It has done very well. Uh, we're very grateful. It uh, it's done tremendous box office in Australia. Still doing well. It's a top ten movie on Netflix for a couple of weeks, which was terrific. Here in the states, over in the UK, in France, uh, a couple of Latin American countries, and. Uh, the, the most treasured uh, territories of, um, of the Canary Islands and, um, and, uh, and what am I thinking of? Oh, God, the most corrupt country in Europe, small island nation, um, uh, Malta. Thank you. you <laughs> the Maltese people love our heartfelt movie. Uh, so, no, it's been going really Good. well. And, of course, 
We're still waiting to release into a number of very uh, important markets, including Germany, where the book was a huge hit because sadly COVID has still kept all the movie theaters closed there and in almost all of South America. So wow. the rollout has been extended, but I just like to think that that's that, it's that much more love Open for the, the movie. Cabinet. Hell yeah, absolutely, man. And a good one it was. Uh, Bradley, you sent us an email, so I'm just going to shout out your Instagram right now because it's fucking awesome. And I saw something on there that Will's going to pull up. Uh, it's at Tasmanian underscore grizzly on Instagram. It looks like you're getting sucked off by an animal underwater. Is that right. what's happening? Well, you've described it fairly accurately. Um, <laughs> and I think the, the advice I would give to all the young <laughs> biology bros watching this is that if you don't want your testicles uh, engulfed in the eager mouth of a giant stingray, then my advice <laughs> is to not forget that you have an open packet of bait fish in the front pocket of your swim trunks. And that's oh what happened here. God. It was very funny. I got my hands out of the way because you don't want... Look, it's just a big slimy flesh pancake. But my fear was that if I grab it and shove it to the side, I'm going to get whacked with its, uh, you know, bacterial infested barb and end up with a serious uh, wound at best. And uh, I can think of two people. Um, who have died from a stingray encounter. One, of course, Steve Irwin. Another, a Tasmanian, uh, who just dived into a shallow bay, happened to be right on top of a stingray. It panicked, whacked him, and Oof. he bled out before he got back to shore. So it was, it was an awkward encounter. I'm laughing through the pain. But as always, lessons <laughs> to be learned. You're welcome. Did it actually yeah. grab onto to your, uh, to your penis? No. No, my okay. penis had fortunately uh, shrunken into a safe place, <laughs> but my right stomach, but my yeah. right testicle did get caught in its sucking clamp jaws, and oh. I had. Have you ever seen a? You, you played squash. You look like a. You're kind of a preppy squash guys. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, look like a squash. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Just this horrible, this horrible plum purple, and uh, <laughs> and also more hickeys oh on the God. side of my inner thigh. It was very very painful, and, I, and uh, you know I don't recommend Yikes. it. Uh, two stars. Two well, Bradley, Bradley, your Instagram is, is a great feed for anyone who enjoys the wild times. Give him a follow because, like me, Bradley's uh, over the age of 35 and we are stupid with technology and do nothing to uh, promote ourselves. But it's a fucking great follow. Tasmanian underscore grizzly. Highly recommend yeah. you get on there. Fuck you're, yeah. You're always yeah. out in the I field like, doing shit, man. What mm -hmm. is the next thing you got going? I've got a few interesting things coming up uh, for the summer. Um, hopefully some Shark Week projects for this year and next. Um, nice. And uh, we're working on a few of those. And uh, I have something really big that I, I don't want to give away right now, but it's kind of a dream come true field project that will kick off next year. And nice. you remember you remember the you remember the testicle shredding terror of Kuchnuu <laughs> when you first got there with those huge bears? Yes, very much so, that, sir. That in every episode is what we're going to go for all around the world. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And of course, testicle uh, shredding terror. Testicle I love shredding it. terror minus death equals adventure. Retap, as you well know. And oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, the other thing is, of course, we're still working on uh, the animated wildlife series uh, with uh, yep. Netflix, where we're where five episodes complete. There's 12 to be delivered. They'll all be delivered by July and hopefully be on air straight away. So we're excited about that. Awesome. All right. Well, Bradley, you've been on before. You know what we do. We like mm. to run through anything wildlife, nature, adventure related that's in the news, topical, so that, you know, this is the only place people who are interested in that need to come to get caught up on the week. Yeah, we like we to do call that. It. 
Why don't you think of it as a, as a glory hall of biological nonsense? Thank you. That's, <laughs> that's what you call it. I think the most important thing I've seen this whole week, you guys know that I'm a cat lover. This video went super viral. A cat, just a little domestic short hair, was in a, caught in a burning building in Chicago and was Ooh, sitting in the windowsill yeah. and got caught on video making the jump. Mm. 74 feet. Uh, Will's going to pull up the video here. The cat. I'm not shocked. This happens all the time in Chicago. I've seen it a thousand times. Cats jumping out of fifth story windows? <laughs> yeah, man. It's a common, common thing. It's just like people getting stuck in chimneys constantly out there. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, everyone assumes the cat is a victim here, but based on that general malevolent demeanor, I can only assume the cat started the fire. <laughs> no question. Totally, man. Without a doubt, yeah. Dude, as, as a cat owner and someone who often has candles lit to hide the scent of my body odor, <laughs> I can't tell you how often the cat must have its tail wave within an inch of the open flame. It's e almost every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, all they're doing is looking around, trying, waiting to attack something. It doesn't matter if it's fire, water, a bird. They're going to they're gonna hunt it if it moves. Mm. Uh, so, Will, go, go ahead and play the video here, Will. So you can see the, the windows have been smashed out. By the cat. Yeah, the cat did it. <laughs> the cat's sitting in that window over to the right of your screen. In the I'm middle window. Yeah. I'm just impressed that it, vertically. It's waiting, it's waiting to the last minute. Just what I would do, of course. Well, right? it's trying to it's trying to gather a crowd. It wants to be on YouTube. All <laughs> <laughs> cats all cats and narcissists. That's true. <laughs> and here he goes. That here needs he goes. To go on a shirt. Oh, oh man. Boom. Oh, oh, dude. Boom. That's crazy. Dude, wow. he just had like a little fucking bounce and he was good to go, man. Lucky he landed on that uh, that lush cropped grass. If he landed on that wall. Oh, oh he's yeah. fucked. Yeah. yeah. But five stories. Okay, you've got 14 feet per story in the U.S. That's a 70, you know, and it's up a little bit because it's in the window. I mean, that's a 70 foot jump. Yeah. yeah. Did you Plus he had to jump out across the gap over the wall and hit a narrow nature strip that's what three four feet wide. That's impressive accuracy. Impressive Absolutely. accuracy. This fucking cat knows knew what he was doing. I rappelled down a fifty foot wall one time for a mm. class in college. I was mm. like, I'll never go higher than ten feet again on anything in my life. Cats. I mean, the the fact that they say that they they a they have nine lives. B yeah. they always land. On their feet. This is fucking nuts. We're watching it in slow motion. I would, I would argue that, relatively speaking, that that qualifies as a parachute-free base jump. I mean, <laughs> in terms of in terms of altitude, absolutely. You know, I, I, I remember back in the early days of the space program, they actually took a number of cats up into you know the vomit helmet, the parabolic flight, to simulate weightlessness and to work out how cats <laughs> would orientate themselves in zero gravity. It's mm. one of those many expensive government studies that yielded zero useful data, but you can find that footage on YouTube of cats zero G and it is, uh, it's horrendous. I mean, they look really pissed off, which I know they always do, but yeah. they, they, they definitely without gravity, they definitely were very confused and upset. I feel like it was probably inhumane, but also hilarious. Wow. And therefore I'm, therefore I'm conflicted. We, uh, we were looking at a picture 
last week, a week or two ago. I can't remember, but um, it was a drawing from many thousands of years ago mm. that somebody had come up with a plan to put um, uh, like yearns or what are they like, like uh, sacks on the backs of cats Good. and then uh, set them on fire and then send the cats in like uh, bigger cats, you know, into the town and the logic as like an act of war, you know, like a way to battle. And the thought was that the cats would like run into a barn where there's hay and all this flammable shit and they would set everything on fire and set right. the whole place on fire. And then they also they had other drawings where they were going to do this with with flying creatures and birds and whatnot. So I think we haven't really evolved too much from that era to here. This, to this may be actually an execution of that city's plan. The building was burnt. The cat escaped unscathed. I would regard that as a successful mission. Um, I would actually point out to you that that plan was revitalized in World War II with bats. And uh, the problem was the, the bat bombs, as they were known, they carried these small explosives that were, were an incendiary, uh, incendiary device or a firebomb. Yeah. And the problem was they all went back to roost in the buildings and set everything on fire before they could even be deployed. But, yeah, hilariously bad plan. Weaponized animals virtually never work. I can't think of one other than perhaps a cavalry charge with a horse and the use of elephants, again, really as cavalry. That yeah. has worked very well. Although I did visit the nuclear uh, <coughs> submarine base in Kings Bay, Georgia, Swiftland, uh, hmm. where they have all these uh, massive Ohio-class submarines equipped with planet-killing uh, Trident II missiles. Um, you know, each one's like 100 wow. times more powerful than the bombs dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And they're crazy. So, the range is incredible. You can fire one from Brazil, the coast of Brazil, and hit a picnic blanket in France. Anyway. That's great. I, I feel comfortable living my life for the rest of the for, for it now. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. But, but, the, <laughs> but the important part about the weaponized animals is that they have trained uh, dolphins and seals patrolling the bottom of these submarines. They sit in these giant hangars that are much bigger than an aircraft hangar, and they're over the wow. water. So the submarine's still in water, but under this giant hangar. Uh -huh. And the underneath side are patrolled by these giant seals and dolphins all the time um, so that uh, enemy uh, frogmen and saboteurs can't get in there and eviscerate your billion-dollar nuclear submarine. So what do they do? So these are these are basically like animals that will alert the the humans if somebody if something comes in. It's not like they'll actually attack them or anything or defend. I them. No, I asked to meet the animals and they wouldn't let me. And top um, secret. <laughs> yeah, and and um, I had a friend who was a missile um, tech. Uh, the work there and, and because of my military background I was able to get in, but they wouldn't yeah, let yeah. me see everything and they wouldn't let me meet the seals. They wouldn't let me meet the dolphins. Um, but I will tell you this, as you should you know, a big seal, particularly a bull seal, almost regardless of species is basically a lion in a wetsuit. So I would wow. not want to run into those. I know off the coast of South Australia, a number of uh, great white shark attacks have actually been found out to be bull seal attacks. And they'll really? take off, and the, yeah, they'll take off a limb uh, quite easily. So, um, wow. yeah, it's a so good I, battle royale I, creature for my there, arsenal. There you go. Yeah, Bull you'll seal. fuck it up in the end, but it's good that you know it now. <laughs> I absolutely will. Right. <laughs> I'm already fucking it up in my mind right now. <laughs> pick bull seals, pick bull seals, and then the time comes and you go Siberian hamsters. 
No, you'll be like, it will need a mammal. Bull seal, bull seal. Wait, it is a mammal, isn't it? I'd be right. Fuck. I fucked up my own joke. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Pat, welcome back. You were uh, you were off for a minute there. You're back. Can you hear us? Everything good? Tech-wise? Yeah, just, you know, just having some technical issues. Right. I want to come back in. I want to come back in in a blaze of glory, though, man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So... Bradley, uh, we, we've introduced this segment a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. the cat jumping out of the building made me think it was time to do another version of it. It's a segment that the Brosners love. It's a little game we like to play called Pat's Math. Pat's Math, oh. Pat's Math, Pat's Math. All right, so, Will, why don't you pop on camera for this? So what I do here is I take some interesting facts about the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Then I do a whole bunch of math, and I cr- create a little quiz for you guys. Okay. I'm gonna bust out my pen. I'm gonna is Will gonna have that the face score. the whole time? Is he like like pissed off and <laughs> he's very angry. Yeah, he's furious. His resting math bitch right. face is very strong. <laughs> yeah. So what we do here is we don't like we're not gonna spend too much time going through the math, but uh, but we'll come up with it. All right. Since Bradley's the guest, he'll go first on his first question. Right. So. The cat jumped 70 feet to save itself from a fire, mm-hmm. okay? As a function of the height of the jump versus its body height, right? So it, the cat's height and how far it jumped. If Bradley could do the same thing, okay. how many stories, from how many stories high would BTG be able to jump from a burning building and walk away unscathed to replicate what that cat did? Ooh. Wow. <laughs> And you're measuring the height of the cat from the ground to the shoulder or from the tail to the head? Yes. Ground to the shoulder yes. when it's standing on all fours. How many yeah. hands tall is the cat, as they say? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think anyone says that. Uh, I was going to say no one's ever measured you, a cat in hands. That's how you, that's measure, how you measure a horse. Yeah, yeah. But not cats. Yeah. <laughs> don't um, ride a cat. Bradley, how tall are you? I'm doing some calculations over I'm here. I'm about 6'4". 6'4"? Fuck. So okay. I used I used six six for my math. So let's just go with that. Yeah, yeah that was you met me when I had hair. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, Two inches. I, I think I'm shrinking too. So uh, I'm gonna say me. the cat. The shoulder's probably about a foot. So I mean, basically, it's six and a half times that. So, but I mean, I look, I've jumped out of a lot of planes, and we used to say that the military, the impact from a military parachute, is which is much worse than a than a sports parachute jump does a lot as well but the military parachute which is designed to come down fast and straight as quickly as possible so it gets shot out of the air that one is they say it's like jumping off a two-story building and i've done that okay. a bunch of times and i've just slapped into the ground like a sleeping bag full of sheep heads so i don't <laughs> think i could do very many stories at all so two i think is really my my limit but, but, but according to your according to your according to your math the answer is 10 and a quarter stories. <laughs> All right. 10 and a quarter, says BTG. Peter, what do you got? All right. Uh, I've got my calculator out here. I'm going uh, six stories. You know what? I think six. Ah, I screwed up. I think you're right, Ratep. I think it's more like six and a half. Man, BTG, there's one thing you got to know about me. I'm always <laughs> fucking right. I'm going to go seven. Will. I'm going seven. Just straight yeah. price is right strategy here. God damn well, it. <laughs> nobody, nobody really embraced this math here. So at one foot tall, the cat survived a five-story jump. At six and a half foot tall, that means Bradley would be able to survive a 35-story jump, Shit. 34 stories to be exact. Oh, exact. my God. So it would be the equivalent, 
If you had the same limbs and abilities as a cat, <laughs> jumping 488 feet high, landing, mm. walking away, and saying, what were y'all worried about? I That's think this it. should be the next military tech, by the way. They need to start working on this shit. Well, we do have cat a... Cat arms? Jumpsuits. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. And you remember that, that uh, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, something tomorrow, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, tomorrow Never Dies? Uh, oh, oh Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. And they had those robotic suits, you might be able oh, to yeah. do it. Um, mm -hmm. But I will say this, back in early World War II, when the Germans were developing effective uh, trooper assaults, the Russians did do some experiments at low altitude, at low velocity, in prop planes, and dropped paratroopers without parachutes into snowbanks a couple of times. God, what a nightmare. Now, we expect Jeez. to have, in the airborne forces, we expect to have 30% casualties from jumping into a contested zone. A drop zone, uh, their casualties were over 70%. And even by Russian standards, that wasn't considered a success. And so they didn't try it again. But really harsh. But this is at a time, Poor though. Poor bastards. Even, even the initial, the, I think the world's first really effective parachute assault was in Crete uh, by the German Fallschirmjäger. But remember, at this time, the parachute attached to the middle of your back, kind of like a cat. You came down on all fours. And after the no first shit. few Jeez. assaults, when everyone had broken arms and legs, all they did was cut up truck tires and give them elbow pads and knee pads and kept them going. It wasn't towards the end of the ward that they actually started attaching parachutes from the shoulders so you could land on your feet, execute the uh, the uh, eponymous yeah. parachute roll, and not end up smashed to pieces. But um, Wait, how did it's they easier not to use study a rifle this? when your arms aren't broken? Very difficult. A lot easier. So how, why did they not study this like to begin with? They didn't know impact study. They were just like, let's just do it this way. This is uh, even though there's a million is, other ways to do it. I mean, there, there were a lot of theoretical physicists even then, but this is at a time when you work things out through physical experimentation. Right into the fire. Like, yeah. Let's Whoa. see what happens. So, you know, when you're a kid at school and they give you the egg and some drinking straws and tape and you got to create something. <laughs> a pack to, of Twinkies. Yeah, you yeah. got to, like, not break the egg. The paratroopers were the egg. That's how they went about it. Imagine, so here yeah. we go. Bradley wins that one. That's number one. Number two. Yeah, not because I'm right, if, though, but because I was the least wrong. You were the least wrong. <laughs> Thank you. By far. Yeah, exactly. All right. If, if Will, right, <laughs> if Will weighed as much per foot of his body's height or length, let's say, right, if Will had the same density and weighed as much as a blue whale does mm. per foot of body height <laughs> or length, how <laughs> how many wills could the largest cargo plane in the world carry in one trip? I, no, I, go I know how much I weigh so and about how long think I about am, it. and I have no idea. There's a I'll cargo plane, the biggest cargo plane in the world that can carry the most cargo. Oh. If will weighed as much as a blue whale per foot of body length, how many wills could this cargo plane carry? How many wells? And wills. Wills. How many wills? Will. And yeah. I'm six foot six foot five-ish, so that's your length. Yep. Okay, go for it, Will, since you're, you're the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking Christ. You're the uh, star. You may as well just guess, man. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I have no idea how big the world's largest car cargo plane is. I'm going to guess that it's like 500 feet by 100 feet. That's what I'm just but gonna it's make about it the weight. It's about the right. weight. Yeah, but right? all, yeah, and the size of the cargo plane. There's many variables. I, I'm just gonna throw a number out here. There's no way to know. I'm gonna say. Uh, 
put it out two million. That's my number. I have no. I'm I don't going, even know if I'm even. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, BTG. No, I, that was it. Just what? Like, yeah, I, I just. <laughs> yeah. It's very All complicated. Right, BTG, you're up. It's very it's complicated. So complicated. Just throw a number out. Okay. So whales are what? Blue whales. Pat, you're not even going to give them the blue whale weight? It's like yeah, I, we have no, no idea. This is the fun. This Don't is the anything. reveal. It's like 300,000 pounds, right? It's like 300 okay. tons. I feel like I'm in class. God okay. damn it. It's about, it's about 300 tons. Am I wrong? I'm probably wrong. I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay. You're wrong. Uh, no, you're wrong. Was, I'll give you this. It's 100 180 tons. tons. 180 right. tons. Well, hang on. There's a range now. We're talking between the biggest and the smallest. I mean... No, that's not the biggest. That's the average, you know, what they list as a blue whale's typical All right. Well, I, I choose to dream that a 300,000-pound I like I like BCG where he's going here. Uh, because I'm remember, this it. is remember that this is the biggest animal that has ever lived. Let's be clear about that. Right. There's no... Yeah. There's no ancient dinosaur or plesiosaur or Jurassic Park sequel with anything that comes close to a blue whale. So that's the biggest. Right. All right. So we just, I'm just going to be, keep it simple and say 200,000, 200 tons. Just keep it easy in my brain. Um, long, six foot. I've, I've been in some of the biggest planes in the world, so that's not a mystery. They can take about four, maximum of four Abrams A1 battle tanks, and okay. and we've also shipped in a whole group of elephants in them once. We we hired a Russian transport to bring elephants from Thailand to Australia. We had about six elephants, but we had more room. Okay, and I also know of a mission yeah. where they're supposed to bring 21 beluga whales from Russia to the Georgia Aquarium, but it got shut down for Peter reasons. But interesting. So and remember, they're in water tanks. I want to hear more they're about in, this? Like, they're in. They're in. Yeah, from the water tanks a lot. They're yeah. In, Mini swimming pool. So you got a yeah, small, yeah, yeah. Oh, medium-sized whale in a swimming pool. So there's a lot of weight. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say. like me when I take a bath. Uh, well, it could, at least it couldn't even take one whale. Um, I'm going to say that it could take 24 wills. Okay. 24 wills. Retep. Guess. Well, I'm going to say that it could take 231 wills. Okay, here's the math. Ready for this? A blue whale, on average, weighs 180 tons. That's 360,000 pounds. At 79 feet of length, it weighs 4,600 pounds per foot, <laughs> which means that at six foot six, Will, if he had the density of a whale, would weigh 30,000 pounds at six six, which means that the cargo plane would only be able to carry eight Wills being able to carry 250,000 pounds. Think about I that. Like, when you mm. think about a whale, you go, yeah, it's huge. You're thinking about just this. Very th large. That it's, you know, it's so long. It's 80 feet long. Yeah. But for every foot of its length, it's crammed in 5,000 pounds of weight. That amazing. that amazes me. I've never thought about it like that. That's a lot. Uh, What's the circumference on a blue whale? Like, how wide around are they? It's, it's well, hard to even I, imagine it. Relative to their size, they're actually quite narrow, but um, yeah, still right. obviously they almost look enormous. like an eel sometimes. Uh, when you see I, them from above, they're so long and skinny. Yeah, what I get from this is that Will is a fat bastard, and um, <laughs> yeah, that's something you can look into <laughs> apart from your math face. That's right. Me, all right, me and Pat were talking about getting liposuction on our love handles today, so maybe you could join us. Uh, BTG, you too, if you're into that. Oh God, yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> we can, get a group on. And then we can, and then we can, and then we can make some soap like Fight Club. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's right. I like where your mind's at. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's another one. I'll try and make this one a little easier. Yeah, that was the hardest Dude, math problem I mean, I've I ever solved. Like yeah, oh Christ. my god! We're subscribers right now. <laughs> what are you doing? Were you up all night fucking with like a whiteboard, at like fucking Goodwill hunting? What's going on here? Like, and you're not giving us any hints. It's, you're like, you won't tell us like how right. much the blue way away. Uh, sorry, sorry. I love well, you. Well, Ritep, based on the texts you've been sending me, it seems like you've been having a lot of sex lately, and. <laughs> So, Love where this is so going, baby. If Ratep was able to reproduce, you know, they always say, you know, they're, they're having sex I'm like not. rabbits, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if, if Ratep was able to reproduce like a European rabbit, how many kids would he have during his lifetime? Oh, I should know this one. Oh, shit. Right. He's going to have to go last then. I will take a stab at this. Um, what do you got? Because I do the actual physical motion that when I'm having sex is that of one of these European rabbits. So I'm assuming... Yeah. You have one of those little yeah. rabbit floral penises too with the petals. And a cotton tail. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's quick. It's over quickly. Very quick. Oh. I mean, I get mm -hmm. as much as much out. Uh, I'm going to say that I would have uh, fucking, uh, over my lifetime, 233 rabbits. Peter Rabbits. Oh, no. Little Ritep, yeah. 233 Ritep offspring. Will, what do you got? I'm going 2,033. Just, okay. just again, pure guess. I'm, sure, sure, sure. So I, I, I've never looked this up, but I know, I remember I wrote a book called Why Dogs Are Better Than Cats, um, which, got, <laughs> which, which, you did. which got me my first ever um, death, death threats uh, because there's nothing more tolerant than a, a cat lover sitting at home on social media wearing elastic waisted pants and not caring about his poor punctuation. Um, so anyway, obviously those are threats yeah. I, took, I, took, I took very seriously. Uh, anyway, yeah. the point was I remember doing the math and working out that a pair of cats, which have a reproductive rate less than rabbits, could produce something like 100,000 kittens over four and a half years. So my guess shit. Is, that, is that if – it's assuming that every cat – found a partner every time they were an estrus and, and had a large litter. I'm going to say that even with the lifespan being what it is for most wild rabbits, I'm going to say 750,000 kittens. Holy shit, dude. I would love right. to spread my genetics around that. That, that is a horrible thought. <laughs> Yeah, we don't we don't need you're gonna be, that. You're gonna sir. be fucking sending Peters into battle, set on fire, set just, towns on fire. I, I, I just see you like a like a broken sprinkler at a nightclub, just circle jerking. It's just a horrible <laughs> genetic distribution. Just a depressingly hand jobbing myself. <laughs> well, here's the quick math. The European rabbit on average has three hundred and sixty children during their nine-year lifespan. So 40 children per year. A human male in the U.S. lives an average of 78.54 years, meaning Ritep would have 3,142 kids Fuck you, during his life. No. <laughs> All right. That means Will wins that one. Are you, are you, um, wait a minute. Are you saying what they actually have or what was theoretically possible? No, no, this is based on what they actually have. So they have 360 offspring during their nine-year lifespan, only 15% of which survive the first mm. year. Mm. I also want to say, Peter is in his 30s. He's, if he hasn't had any kids yet, as far as I know, 
So if we do that math, I might have been right on the number. Bring it down to 2,000. Yeah, that's a good point. I was right on the yeah. number. He was mm, really also very generous of you to say that he's in his 30s. Um, right, <laughs> yeah, one. I don't know this, if that's true, but... Yeah, yeah. This I'd say, one's really I'd say fun. His, his, his yeah, it better be fun point. Mm-hmm. and simple. Fun and simple. No, nope, like people me. like the math. All right, I've seen Bradley Trevor Grieve run through the forest as he was chased by... Actually, it was just a, a small vole that was chasing him, but he ran very quickly. He's very swift. That said, <laughs> if Bradley Trevor Grieve could run as fast as the animal that runs fastest in relation to its body size, right? How long okay. would it take him to leave his house right now and run to Chicago? Oh. I'm going to go straight. I'm going to jump into that one because I think I know what the fastest animal relative to its size is. And Can you tell the, me? If you do, yeah. I'm just going to smash my computer and move. Well, it's Okay, wait. Where do you live? How about that? Where do you live? Uh, we're, 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 I'm, I'm in California, which is also home to that animal and is the California red mite. And you are correct. How did you know that? It's my job to know these things. <laughs> and, and, That's uh, so I, weird. And I think it can do something like 13 and a half body lengths a second or something crazy. Holy shit. And, and um, yeah, absolutely insane. So if I could do that, and we just for rounding out purposes, I'm six and a half feet tall, and this thing is like as small as the period at the end of a sentence. It's so right. tiny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also has the fastest change of direction in terms of physical modalities of anything that's ever lived. So I reckon wow. I could be in Chicago from California in about. I reckon about seventeen minutes. Okay. Peter? Well, <clears throat> let me just start this off by saying uh, that I Googled how far is Chicago to California, and the first result says 638 miles, which is fucking absurd. So nope, I can't calculate that's, that's my incorrect. math. I it know. Seven, it's ridiculous. I will tell you, it's 1,700 miles. I know. I've line. driven it. I've driven it. I was yeah. like, why is this mm. the first answer on Google? Anyway, so I can't, I can't uh, quite figure it out. But I'm just going to say, uh, and what's the question again? How long would it take him? Uh, I would say it's going to take him, uh, uh, let's say, an hour and a half. 90 minutes. Man, I don't know. BTG is so confident with that 17-minute guess. I'm I'm going to go 34 minutes. I'm gonna say his ma- right. he was close, but he had one very motherfucker long. just constantly prices right in our asses. BTG. I can say that. That, is, that is very game show of you, motherfucker. <laughs> so you were correct. It is the Southern California red mite, which runs two hundred. Oh, sorry, three hundred and twenty-two lo- times its body That's length it per is. second. It's a crazy number. Per second. Per second. Three hundred and twenty-two wow. times the length of its body per second, which means Bradley at six and a half feet could run 2,100 feet in a second, which means he could run 24 miles in a minute. <laughs> That's running at 1,427 <laughs> miles an hour. He would be in Chicago in an hour, 22 minutes. Hour and wins. a half. Thank you. Well nice done, work, buddy. Right. Slow clap from BTG. Well done. BTG, wow. so how are you doing on that drink? Uh, you know what? Yeah. I've actually, What's the progress? 
Some would say I'm drinking too quickly. Oh my god, it's been like five minutes. I told you I can't wait to see him in fucking the problem is the, my, my face is already getting all red. And uh, the problem yeah. the, the problem is that you 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 know you put in the Kahlua and it tastes like candy. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. It's, it's the vape pen of cocktails. I I, <laughs> I, I remember I remember uh, the last time we got together, and I and I. Got on early just to get things organized because I at that point I, I thought it was something where preparation mattered, and <laughs> yeah, how wrong so you I were. So I was a little bit tipsy to begin with, and I watched the show back on YouTube, which was hilarious. I was so drunk. I remember I, I'm not naming places that I went to. <laughs> Pat goes, "Where did you go in Madagascar to find those lizards?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Um, but <laughs> I, actually, on that point, I wanted to mention this time because it was such a good story. We were looking for these tiny lizards with the King Kong dongs. That's what we went to Madagascar for. To, I mean, not, not the dongs, but the lizards. And sure. And at that time, when we first talked about doing this some years ago, the record for the smallest lizard was on a place called Nosy Bay. And Nosy just means island in Malagasy, but Nosy Bay. And which is quite a popular tourist island by Madagascar standards in the north. And there was this uprising, this suspicious activity that foreigners were harvesting organs from local children and a couple of tourists Jeez. were tortured, cut to pieces, and then burnt Jesus. on a tire fire. And so oh. you can imagine my relief when an even smaller lizard was found on an island called Nozihara, about uh, 80 miles to the southwest. And that's that's where we were going, but we got cut off because of the wet season and the bubonic plague, uh, which <laughs> made conditions challenging. Anyway, that's the story behind that. Which I was Is that drunk the lizard to tell you were looking for? That is the one, uh, Bruxia, Bruxia micro. And, and uh, I was too drunk to tell you last time, and in about 15 minutes, I'll be too drunk to tell you this time. So I've said it, and now you know. <laughs> now you've said it. This, yeah. uh, uh, unfortunately, we weren't, we weren't recording there, but that's okay. We'll, 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 we'll ADR it in. That's for the that, best. That California red mite, uh, is that, is that, was that accurate? Is that what you just said what was the answer to that animal? I, I can't remember the Indeed. exact name. Okay, so was that from the, uh, the what the stuff you did on the tiny animals that you were searching for? A little for giants on Animal Planet? Yeah. Which you can now watch on Discovery Plus. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love Discovery Plus, by the way. It's fucking it's, awesome. It's, it's going amazing. And didn't they just buy Warner Brothers or something? In my, like, they have just, so much shit on there, dude. Like, oh, everybody, there's something for everybody. out of control. HBO now belongs to Discovery. It's amazing. Um, and Warner Brothers Studios. I don't know what's going on in the world. But um, <laughs> so, no, it wasn't for that. Um, but it was, I mean, it came up, I think, in the context of how fast are things. But it's yeah. just one of those weird facts that I couldn't get out of my head. I got very interested in tiger beetles. And oh. tiger beetles are the fastest of all beetles. And they're the fastest of all insects, um, and which makes them faster than everything relative to their size, except for this little bastard. But for a long time, crazy. There was a, uh, there's this, there's many different tiger beetles all over the world. There's some beefy, angry, heavy set ones you get in South Africa through these beautiful iridescent green spotted ones you get throughout the United States. And in Australia, they're less attractive, these little gray ones with very skinny legs, but they're the fastest of all in central Australia. And if mm. you did the math on that, it worked out that they're doing something ridiculous, like six or 700 miles an hour relative Man. to their size, which was unbelievable until yeah. until a, a, a researcher uh, produced the data on the California uh, Southern California red mite, and it just blew that out of the water. And I, and I was doing a book 
called uh, The World is Great and I Am Small about insects. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful mm-hmm. little. It's kind of a parody of one of those Catholic prayer books, uh, but from the point of view of an insect. <laughs> oh, yeah, on. yeah. Hang on, give me a second. I got a copy of my... He's got a copy. Dude, Pat, I'm terrified of these fucking mites. Are these things common? Are they oh. running around around us? Here it is. He's got Everywhere. it. Everywhere. All over your house. So uh. that was the book that I'm producing, and this came up in that <laughs> research, and I just it's just stuck in my head ever since. I was just so amazed at, at how fast this thing is and also how Fuck it can yeah. change direction in a – not a nanosecond, in a picosecond, 10 to the minus 9. Unbelievable. Blah, 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 blah. Dude, these are wow. like the these are like the unidentified flying uh you know, unidentified flying fucking crafts that we see in the air, except in the bug world, man. If yeah. imagine you're a bug and you see one of these things fucking flying around like or zipping around just doing weird shit like that. You're fucking crazy. Well, I tell you what's even crazy is that at that speed, particularly for the predatory insects and uh and arachnids like these guys, particularly the uh, well, not the mite. The mite's obviously a parasite, but but the mm. uh, tiger beetle is yeah. so fast that even though they have superb eyesight that's much better than ours, it's too fast to focus on a particular object. So they have to set and target their prey and then attack it, and they're Dude. blind until they hit it. Um, that is so fucking yeah. crazy, man. They're like. You know, they're like uh, like the kind of shit that we try and build, like within our airplanes and stuff with missiles or whatever, mm. you know, something that locks on and, you know, you can't see it or track it or whatever, but it just knows it's there. It senses it's there. How does it lock on? Like by heat or something? No. Well, in this instance, it's purely a, it's a visual targeting system. But as I said, the system has to turn off. And so when you see them. Uh, they often like to get down to sandy areas and pick off sand flies, so they ah, can they can good. get to the fly and eat it before the fly can actually take off. But you'll actually see these little short bursts, and and they look like they're just going crazy, and they but they're actually retargeting every single time. I'll try and uh, I'll get the glasses on. I'll try and find this stat because it's the kind of nerdy stuff that you would love. It's the kind of stuff our listeners will love yeah. too. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's that was sort of that was sort of the premise of Little Giants, right? It was kind of this Pat's math segment. It was <laughs> taking these superpowers of these tiny things and then extrapolating them out into bigger things. Yeah, which is super cool. It's I think a lot of the Brosners would would like the show. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Well, don't you remember when you sent me that email about how we were going to steal BTG's uh, idea and use it on the podcast? <laughs> Never happened, obviously. Uh, but BTG, I did just read. I mean, good news for people who like watching these types of shows. So yeah, the Discovery uh, Warner Media merger—they're um, creating this super conglomerate uh, streaming service. And the, re- the what was reported is that they're going to spend thirty billion dollars on content next year, which is mm. more than even Netflix. Yeah. Uh, who's planning to spend $22 billion. So pretty awesome for people like me, you, and Forrest who like to get out and have adventures yeah, while because, someone else pays for yeah, it. Yeah, because because that's definitely the line. Share will definitely come to wildlife programming for sure. Oh, a few billion <laughs> of it, for sure. Yeah, the sad state of affairs these days is that if you want to do something in the wildlife and adventure space, the first question that they ask is, who's the celebrity? 
Yeah. Right? Well, can we get the guy who plays uh, Thor to go do a show? <laughs> can we get Robert Downey Jr. to go look at Beatles? Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, yeah. the, the, the whole idea behind what, what even what we're doing here is and what happens now in today's fucking society, because, you know, my one track narrow mind knows about this shit. It's, it's all about your fan base, dude. Like, you got to get fucking people behind you and, and they'll fucking, you don't need fucking these companies to fund this shit anymore, man. It's just about getting in True. front of enough eyeballs with, you know, good enough content. And, and if it's good, man, it, it'll fucking work out. You just got to have a guy like me to fucking do it. All that other to shit you guys don't know how to do. Handle all the, te the technical look at, issues. Look at me like your fucking media conglomerate. That's how you should treat me with respect and fucking grace. You understand? Wow, there's some, well, some very big assumptions we, in that statement. Before <laughs> we segue off of, uh, off of Little Giants, um, <laughs> something was in the news that has, I, I think, fascinating in the insect world. We talked uh, on the last podcast about the cicada bloom mm. that's coming where billions and billions of cicadas are going to emerge across, I think, 13 states in the U.S. Yep. But uh, some news dropped yesterday that a bunch of the cicadas, because, you know, there, you have some entomologists who are digging in the dirt and studying these cicadas, which are getting ready to come out in mass, right? Mm. And a lot of them are infected with a fungus called uh, Massospora cicadina. It mm. is a yellow fungus that uh, grows inside the insect's bodies. But what, it, oh. what happens is this, this fungus creates oh my God. psilocybin in it. Which is mushrooms. the active drug in Wait, magic so, mushrooms? So Will's right? just brought up a picture of this. This thing takes over the entire body oh, of the man. cicada. If you want to see what this looks like, come to the YouTube and check this out. Man, it's fucking crazy. Which yeah. is covered. So it has like psilocybin in, in it. Almost. Yeah. 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 Like like insulation in a house, just all over a fucking cicada. Mm. But but get this right. So it's got the psilocybin in it, and then as this sort of grows on the body and inside the body. It then produces this chemical. Uh, it's an amphetamine called cathinone, which is the same amphetamine in the drug, the street drug, bath salts. Oh my God. This fun. So we've got What's some billions of cicadas on bath salts that are about to emerge for the first time Whoa. in 17 years. <laughs> and the ones that have already come out, the sort of, you know, when bath salts was the big craze in the US, it was a lot of people biting and trying to eat other people. It's putting the cicadas in this mania where they're reproducing so feverishly that their genitals are breaking off and falling off. This is a wow. fucking horror movie, this dude. This is so Ami Hammer. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> what do we do with this, this information? Is, I just... What, what I love about that is it's a, it's a, it's a two-phase narcotic. So you have the magic mushrooms <laughs> equivalent, and then you have, like, super ecstasy. And so... You know, you're hallucinating and you want to procreate with every living thing. I mean, it's, it's, it seems to be a, a toxic mix. It's like one of those rules you should never break. Like never take a, never take a sleeping pill and a laxative. It's just one of those things you, <laughs> Definitely. Just, you just don't do. And that's extraordinary. But I mean, we could argue uh, a very compelling case that all life on this planet is purely a vehicle for fungus and bacteria. But this is one of the sure. more violent um, I mean it's it's a form of body possession, really, isn't it? I mean you've weaponized yeah. you've weaponized the sexual organs of a cicada. Um, which is no no small feat. 
And you gotta, it's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Think about it. You're coming out. I mean, these motherfuckers have been buried for 17 years. I was reading about this shit, obviously, because it's all over the goddamn news. And uh, these, like, they were talking about how the world has changed in 17 years as far mm. as just like the amount of light and, and, and things that actually. Have- so, like, you think, like, the cicadas are gonna come out and be like, where's the tape player and the VHS? Well, these what are you cicada- talking about? What are you talking about? No, no, no. I, I was. <laughs> a lot's changed since 17 years. Are you a fucking. Years. Are you. Are like, you they're going to come out idiot? and be like, I thought a Ford Taurus was still going to be on the road. I literally <laughs> was Teslas? in the middle. I was literally in the middle of saying, you jackass, that, they're, <laughs> that they were talking about how things like the amount of light, which do affect insects, okay? You understand? Has okay. changed and it's. Okay. It, and the percentage is wildly, dramatically increased in 17 years you motherfucker you about light pollution or are we still yeah, on some sort of um austin powers type sequel idea I, i'm talking about light pollution and yeah. austin powers like sequel i don't know what that means but i'm talking about both baby <laughs> fuck off pat I, I i'm just worried these cicadas are going to come out in their true religion jeans and uh tap out t-shirts and be like oh there we go. But but so they're coming out. You got to imagine these things have been underground for 17 years. They're coming out to all this new tech. The Internet's out there. They're going to be trying to use these phones. Bluetooth. And, and all this light everywhere. And then, boom, you're saddled with this fungus. Boom, you're saddled with bath salts. You're fucked. What's going on? It's like God is trying to fucking kill these animals and then make them extinct. There's no way they survive this. This is the last bout of cicadas that will ever happen. Thank you. Well, I, I think what's brilliant about this strategy for this uh, fungus is that it's harnessing uh, a process that's already underway. So the time that they were spent underground, obviously in a larval form, um, and they're eating and they're waiting for the right environmental uh, triggers to come to the surface and they purely come to the surface to procreate. So they've only mm-hmm. come up to have right. sex anyway. So they're already, you know, they've already swiped right on life. And now <laughs> they've got this fungus, which has turned that, dialed that up to 11. Um, and they've got the beer goggles on now. Um, right. You know, yeah. with the, with, with the, with the magic mushroom element. So they just stopped caring. And, <laughs> um, and, and, and arguably, uh, you know, one could argue that in the process, you'd have to think that the fungus wouldn't get every single male or female that they procreated with. But I don't know. Could they lay their eggs and not be affected? I don't know. A terrific way to transmit the spores of this fungus, though. And I, I, one of the things that creeps fungus, this kind of invasive fungus is one of the things that I, I, I feel is a true horror story that's never been utilized effectively by Hollywood. Because having this <laughs> fungus grow through your body and come out and take over your oh, brain and everything else, yeah. um, you know, everyone talks about the, the health benefits of cordyceps, but if you actually look at how cordyceps work, it's so revolting. Um, <laughs> and they take over an insect's brain. They usually get them to climb to altitude in the canopy of a forest, wherever they are. And then they lock on with their jaws and their feet. And then when they die, the spores from the cordyceps that's come out of their body like sort of uh, fractal reindeer antlers can drift down over the forest and infect even more insects. I think it's one of the mm. most horrific, uh, you know, to my mind anyway, one of the most horrific forms of reproduction. And I come from Tasmania, and we have some of the most extraordinarily violent mating rituals. We're at home to 
some of the there's some cordyceps coming through a grasshopper i mean his life is yep. very ordinary at that point mm-hmm. and um so we we're home to some of the few remaining carnivorous marsupials so everybody knows about you know koalas and kangaroos we have the uh, the diasterids so we have the tasmanian devil we have the tiger quoll and we have um we have these little little mice-like creatures called antichinus. Now, they're also in some other parts of Australia, but the ones in Tasmania are obviously superior in many ways. Anyway, these little monsters, <laughs> these little tiny, think of it as like a shrew uh, that you'd actually like to hang out with. They have these little tiny mouse-like <laughs> structures, but their mouth is like a tiger shark's. It's just uh-huh. sharp little jagged teeth. Not the shape of the mouth, I mean the teeth themselves. Mm, and they're very right. aggressive. Um, but what's extraordinary is they have a reproductive pattern that's not unlike, say, salmon. They're what we call semelparis. They only breed once in their lifetime, and they have a very short lifespan of just over a year. And what happens is uh, there's a certain hormonal trigger. All the females come into estrus at once, and all the males, boom, that's it. And their testicles swell to many times their normal size. Their body is just pumped with testosterone, and they will literally stop eating and drinking and do nothing but have sex until they suffer from internal bleeding and gangrene. Um, and it's, it's a nightmare. And, and all the males die. They, they literally fuck themselves to death. All the males <laughs> die. And the females live long enough to give birth to the next generation and shortly after they die. And, and that's how we do it down under. Yeah, and that's how they do it at spring break in Daytona Beach too. You in know Daytona what I mean? Beach, even during COVID pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just my hats off to you. That is uh, that is another level of stupid. <laughs> I definitely want to see a movie where they do a mashup of the you know an animal that has the sexual behavior of the Enchinitis from Tasmania specifically, not Australia. It's but the enchilada, the enchilada from uh, Tasmania, <laughs> yeah. and then mixed with this uh, this genital cybacillin uh, bath salt fungus that is in, infecting the cicadas, because that would be a fucking I'll another, movie. I'll, t- I'll tell you another one that's equally horrific, and uh, I want to get the name. I think it's saculina, but it's a type of a parasitic barnacle that attaches onto European green crabs which are now all over the world because they get carried in the bilge water of ships and, and so on and so forth. Anyway, when they latch onto a male, they, 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 they actually take hold over its genital opening. They castrate it. Sounds terrible so already. So they give it an involuntary sex change. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they rewire its brain to think that it's a female, and they get it to climb up onto a higher spot on the ocean floor and broadcast, which is to say disseminate, tr- get out the uh, the offspring of the little barnacle. And um, so, the, yeah, I think, I think his nickname is the castrator barnacle. Christ, uh, man. But I think in terms of horrific parasites, that's got to be, it's got to be right up there. How lucky are we that there's no parasite that just tries to attack, attack our genitals, like on the rag? I mean, unless, well, I guess there is. But I mean, like that tries to just castrate you and make you turn you into a female so that it can fool other people into coming and fucking you or whatever it wants to do. Yeah. I'm just saying we're pretty fucking lucky as humans. That's all I'm saying. I just, by the way, Googled antichinus testicles because I wanted to see, uh, you know, these giant swollen testicles. They have like seven testicles. Yeah. The antichinus. I sh- I it's, like this, that. it's a whole 
big group of these giant, it's like half the body is made up of these huge swollen testicles. Those poor bastards. <laughs> it's just, they're bred to fuck, I, man. I it, don't, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know whether they'd be pitied or envied, really. It's, uh, not in your condition, not right and, now, after that getting, cocktail you've had. And, and getting back to, you know, the idea of Retet, you know, broadcasting no. his genetic material at a club. <laughs> you know, could you imagine if he was as well endowed as an antichinus? I mean, no, I, listen, I've God. got 14 testicles. You don't want to fuck go. with me. Only one of them works, but I've got 14 for some ungodly reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, the antichinus, they're a very small, very, uh, very quick, uh, very bitey little uh, guy. They're quite adorable. You can see how tiny that one is. They're about half a dozen uh, species uh, in Australia. And uh, no, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mother with a pouch brood. Mm. Um, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they're marsupial. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're one of the. I think they're the smallest marsupial. But keep in mind, as I said, there, there's a look. There's a mature female with brood, and you see she's not even the length of a man's thumb. Now, unless that's Andre yeah. the Giant, you get an idea that's a pretty small animal. But there yeah. are some. So in Tasmania, for example, we have the dusky antichinus. That's what you're looking at right there. There's also the yellowfoot antichinus. Then there's the silver antichinus, which is up in Queensland. But they're all quite a small animal, no bigger than a shrew. Interesting. Interesting. Here's, here's a, something. I mean, the animal kingdom is so amazing, and obviously that's why we do a podcast about it, and Bradley, why you've written a thousand books about it. Quick question. You don't have, you have 10 seconds to think about your answer. Everyone gets to go. What is the strangest thing in the animal kingdom? Whether it's an ability, a power Ooh, that an animal God, has, awesome, just the it? physical form. If you had to pick one where you're like, I'll this one first. has just always stuck with me as the craziest thing. Go ahead. I'll go first while Bradley thinks on this. There, there is a jellyfish that is essentially immortal. Uh, I forget which one sure. it is, but basically, yeah, it's, actually, when it, it's literally it's literally called the immortal jellyfish. Go on, yeah. <laughs> so the immortal jellyfish. Um, but this thing, basically, when it gets damaged or attacked in some way, I guess from what I've read, it reverts back into its into being like a, a newborn jellyfish, and then it grow. It's just it's just a baby again. And that's indefinite. And it just constantly goes and goes. You have an immortal fucking animal that lives on the earth. It's fucking fascinating. I love that. That's and a good that's, one. That behavior is, is also true of some other, we call it kinoderms or stomach projectors, so sea cucumbers and so forth. And as a couple oh, no of those, shit. They, 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 can, they can literally dissolve into a transparent liquid and then regrow from a single cell. Are you uh, fucking serious? Yeah. Yeah, that it's is wild. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, people misunderstood. They thought they could dissolve into the gel and then reassemble, uh, but no, they can't. They they have to start off from. So you it's it, you get to be you again. We assume we don't know what kind of mental processes or knowledge yeah, yeah. or memories or aspirations a sea cucumber has. I mean, it's basically uh, <laughs> a, a glorified yeah. Christmas turd. But <laughs> we don't we don't know. But it's you. So let's just say, for example, it is you again. But you've got to start off as a zygote and then become a baby and then grow up and have the same, make the same poor life choices you've already made, Ratep, yeah, in, order to, in yeah. order to be that person. You know, I, th I think about that a lot. Totally. Like, I wonder what would happen if I was cloned. Would I be any smarter or would I just make the same poor decisions? That's I, I, I think about it's, it. I'm, so <laughs> well, you would, you would live your life vicariously through your cell phone because you're be now being raised in this generation and you just end up being an obese turd. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm not sure why, that, why, why the beast turd is, is better than a slim tip turd. I, don't, I feel like turds are <laughs> yeah. turds. It's, it's a class that we That's accept. True. Obesity um, used to be something that a woman looked for in a man. It, 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 it displayed virility and uh, well. It worked for Henry VIII. <laughs> sure did. And All right, do you have yours ready, BTG? Oh, what is your man, craziest thing in the animal kingdom? Uh, it's, it's, it's tough, but I'm just going to go with what I'm thinking right now, and, uh, and I reserve the right to have a different answer every time you ask me this question. Um, yep. some of, there's so many, but one of the things that I love are uh, yeti crabs. And okay. Are you familiar yep. with yeti crabs? I'm not, yeah. I'm not. Pat We've is. Talked about but it. I'd love to so, hear about them. It's a small, uh, it's a small crab. Almost looks like lobster, like it has a, a, a almost an elongated carapace. There are a couple different species. They're relatively new to science. Uh, a number of new ones get discovered every year. Uh, but here are the important qualities about them that I find interesting. Is first of all, they exist at bone crushing depths, and I find that amazing. Um, then they're they're unusual physiology you see the 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 long arms with the pinches but the hairy arms which they get there now now this one specimen which you see on youtube and you should check it out if you can it's got it's quite a, a pale color it's almost white it's like a light yellow um it's it's here is an armored crustacean built to withstand incredible pressure and yet it lives above these geothermal vents at the bottom of the sea it doesn't use its pinches for anything really other than self-defense and mating. The arm hairs are everything. And so it waves its arm hairs over these geothermal vents. The temperature attracts certain types of bacteria which get caught in the arm hairs. And then it licks its arm hairs. And that's how it survives. <laughs> and it's such, it's such an extraordinarily complex way of yeah. eating. And we talk about, you know, bivalves, you know, clams and oysters as, as the, as the filters of the sea. And you think of filter feeders, you would think of water rushing through things, you know, mm -hmm, and getting mm -hmm. caught in the animal siphons. But no, in this case, it's just waving its hairy arms about. So like, imagine you're at a baseball game and you just kind of, <laughs> Wave your arms about, and people throw hot dogs and popcorn and cracker jacks, in, and you just sort of—it's kind of awesome. Now I say this, and then he licked it. Well, yeah. I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, we we have a generally our family is is a little bit anarchic, and we like to raise our daughter as a wild creature, and so far it's going pretty well. But nice. one of, uh, there's only one rule in the house, and that's don't eat any kind of of crunchy food in the bed because I am a walking fire hazard. <laughs> And it just gets lodged in my <laughs> chest or back hair. And then I'm going to have yep. some sort of infestation I don't even know about. Absolutely. It, and I don't yeah. know why. So I, so Yeti crabs are one of the strangest things. And I just want to shoehorn in what I think is one of the weirdest processes in the natural world. Are you familiar of the story of the blue butterfly and the red ant? Negative. Nah. Is that a it's children's like, book that you wrote in the 80s? Yeah, yeah. It's, it was huge in Germany. Early 90s. Um, <laughs> no, it's, 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 I know it sounds super lame, but it just isn't. So normally butterflies and, and ants are mortal enemies in so much as butterflies are basically flying snacks. Um, <laughs> and ants are just voracious and committed, um, predators. And yeah, but, they're yeah. basically six legged sociopaths. So they won't stop <laughs> until they've eaten the entire world. That's their aspiration. So. <laughs> But the reproduction of these blue butterflies, it just makes no sense. That's what I love about it. So basically, the life cycle is this. Blue butterflies, they mate, they lay eggs on a leaf, no big deal. 
larvae hatches, eat some of the leaf, fine, nothing interesting so far, until you realize the leaf of this plant is directly above a trail of red ants. So okay. it's like hanging a baby crib, you know, out of a plane or over a freeway or over a shark pool or something. It just makes no sense. It's just very poor choice in family planning. <laughs> and, and then this suicidal little fat larvae of the butterfly deliberately rolls off the leaf onto the ground in the path of the red ants, which you think, okay, it's dead. Let's try again. Yeah. But, what, but what happens is the butterfly larvae actually exudes a scent that mimics the scent of the baby ants, the ant larvae. In oh, fact, wow. the queen ant. And so the red ants grab this larvae, take it back to their home. And then it, because it's, uh, I said exudes the scent of a queen ant, that, I misspoke. The scent of a baby ant larvae, but it makes a little noise of a queen ant. So now all the ants in the ant colony commit to feeding and fattening up these butterfly larvae, which take over and in some cases even Holy eat, shit. eat the ant larvae nearby. And then, you know, months later, they form a chrysalis inside the ant colony and they hatch and before their wings inflate with fluid, they crawl out of the hole into the sun, inflate their wings and fly away. And to me, it's one of the most extraordinary systems I've, I've, I've ever heard of, of how, I mean, you hear about different types of birds that put their eggs in other birds' nests and so forth and, and yeah. the adoption of weird animals. But this, I, I've never could imagine using your enemy to raise your children. Brilliant. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, it's, it's nuts to think that, because I think about like, you know, just the order of life, you know, I, I grew up like Catholic Christian. I never really gave a shit about it. I still don't like, I'm not religious or anything, but when you think about things like this and then, and on the bigger scale, like human beings, like we build these giant cities that we plan out with our brains and like all this stuff. This is like, this is as fucking incredible as that as like build planning and building a whole city like this whole process this elaborate fucking thing and it's just natural dude it is fucking wild man that is crazy to me yeah i mean it's the, the garden of eden man this was that's how it all started you know i don't i i don't know what you're talking <laughs> about i we, I just lost one, we just lost one christian brosner i'm sorry i, I just i feel like there are catholics <laughs> all over the world just shaking their head at you right now Ritev. <laughs> listen, I listen. I fucking did it for eight years, right? Granted, I was a kid. I, I used to pray. I used to literally like pray about I, things. Like oh, I will say like this: I, I still pray every time I take off and land on an airplane. I say my Hail Marys, my Our Fathers, my Glory Bees. It makes me feel better, and at that moment, I believe in God. There you yeah. go. Well, I'm, I sure, used to I'm pray. sure there is an yeah. all-powerful deity. He appreciates your, your selective submissions. I'm sure he's exactly. really... He's like, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Selective submissions. Thank you. Thank you for not clogging up my prayer inbox to Luca. Right. Can we fucking Only hire BTG? Can we just hire BTG to write, like, like slogans for us? I mean, I've never heard so many funny, like, two, three-word things in there's, my life. There's a reason he's a professional writer, I think. <laughs> true. I, think I, I was be before I... I, I was before I started drinking this bucket of nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. That first, that first half went down so easy, but this last half, I'm, I'm struggling. It's, it's going down That's, like the chocolate milk that it is. Yeah. So you, you're drinking, you're, just to put this into context, you're drinking a, a mason jar full of, uh, of black Russian. The mason jar is at least 32 ounces. I mean, it, it's twice the size of a regular it's, fucking well, it's a beer. Double, it's a double mason jar. 
Yeah, it's a huge. <laughs> it's double basic. It's 32 yeah. ounces, dude. Yeah, dude, fucking... come on. This is this is a special occasion. It's uh, fuck it's, yeah. It's, fr- it's Wild Times uh, Monday, listen, dude. I'm not putting the guy down. I'm fucking. <laughs> I, I'm in awe, dude. He's my god right oh now. My god. That much. It is funny. It is. I just, you know, I I think. Uh, I mean, I'm basically one ingredient short of ketamine right now. It's it's it's, it's, it's pretty it's pretty potent. It's pretty potent. <laughs> one ingredient short of ketamine. Fuck. Uh, All right. Well, hey guys, I did need to mention something to both of you, and it's it's pretty important. Oh God, let's let's not do any more fucking Pat's math, please. My brain can't handle. No, it. no, it's not that. It's that it's time for, for the battle royale. Oh, <laughs> BTG has come up with one. He was up late last night thinking about it, pacing back and forth, sweating as he's wont to do. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> what do you got? Too. What do you got? So I've uh, I've only been in one battle royale, which I won convincingly. Um, and I thought, the what can I do to did? make you it did. interesting, even more? Because you know, it's like you've already climbed Everest. Now what? And <laughs> <laughs> so now it's yeah. time to, to handicap. So what I thought was the same as same as the last time I was on, and that was you pick fifty mammals, uh, fifty reptiles, fifty birds. Okay. okay. Although I'd like to open up reptiles to herpetofauna. So in other words, herpetofauna includes both amphibians and reptiles. Okay. okay? Fifty okay. each. So fifty herps, fifty mammals, fifty aves, and it's battle royale. It's a controlled setting. It's a you know. Temperate climate inside a dome, so you can't hide. It's you've got to just slug it out. But here's yeah. the trick: the trick is you pick one each of those, but you can also allocate the quality of another species. So add another superpower to your super animal. So for example, ooh, you might ooh. say, "Okay, I'm picking." For example. Let's just say you, you were going with, with herpetofauna, and you might say, okay, I'm picking a giant uh, tortoise, you know, so a radiata tortoise from the mm. Seychelles. Okay, huge tortoise. But I'm going to give it the uh, little glass teeth of a Sicilian, you know, these amphibious, like, worm-type things that rip the skin okay. off their mother. That might That is a stupid choice. It's a very Retepian choice, but you could do that. But... Does the superpower have to be from the same category? So does my mammal yes. have to take a mammal's? This is a hard yes. one. Hold, hold uh, on, though. Hold, hold this on. This is good. Yes, I love this. I love yes, it. it I love it a lot. But I, I do uh, want to point out that I don't know shit about animals. So you don't have can, to point that out. That's, that's can we well <laughs> can we do it so that we can pick one superpower that is for the overall team? So we don't have to pick a suit. Because I, then I no, have to pick. Fucking, absolutely not. No, 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 you can just lose. We, and we derive, we derive pleasure from your perpetual struggle. So you know, Ritep, you can. We'll give you this. You can just take the superpower of herpes on every one of your animals, since you always end up getting herpes on your team. I've uh, literally done it once, maybe twice. Also, <laughs> fuck you for not even considering my request. Uh, I am part of this podcast. You can eat I my asshole. I can't wait to fucking destroy you too. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Also, by the way, it's 50 herps, 50 birds, and 50 mammals. Correct. That's correct. All right. I'm going to go first. Retep's going to go last so we can give him some time to Google some things here. Good. No, Google I'm not Googling. I'm going straight off the top of my dome piece, motherfucker. Oh, that's not good. All right. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. In a fight, as we know, uh, you can watch 
lots of them on YouTube, bar fights. Um, sometimes I do that till very late in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, intimidation <laughs> is very, very important, right? Good, good. So I'm going to start with my herp. I'm going to go with a Nile crocodile. The reason oh, I'm doing okay. this, it's not because they're fast. They're I want not, them to yeah. surround me, right? So I'm going to keep them as sort of the 50 creatures that are surrounding me so that as your forces come in, I feel really good about it. So I'm going to go with 50 Nile crocs, but I'm going to give them the power of a horned lizard, Ooh. which, as we all know, can shoot blood out of its eyes to intimidate other animals. So imagine you mm. come up on 50 Nile crocs, you're getting close, you're like, oh, maybe, and then they start spraying blood out of their eyes like a horned lizard. Your animals are going to give up. I'm going to be the last one standing. That's my first pick. Mm. Mm. Bradley. That's, a, <laughs> Bradley. that's actually a, yeah, yeah. That's a, a yeah, great choices, uh, Luca. That's actually a still from my show. Um, little really? Rides. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, um, look, you pick Nile crocodiles every time, and I tell you don't do that because they're neither the biggest nor the most aggressive crocodile. That's the Indo-Pacific uh, estuarine crocodile. Never sure. mind that. Once they get out of water, their, their most powerful form of locomotion, their tail, is inert. So basically what you have is a leather lounge chair without legs. Um, again, <laughs> makes no sense. Also as an... Shooting also, blood out of their eyes. Thank you. Also as an expert on horned lizards, having captured them for my show, Little Giants, I'll tell you why their blood is toxic. Not poisonous, just toxic. They uh -huh. eat these, uh, these poisonous uh, and, and distasteful weaver ants and like the monarch butterfly consuming noxious plants, it enters their bloodstream. So the blood coming out of their eyes, unpleasant. I have tasted it and it immediately made me want to retch and I did uh -huh. retch, uh, yeah, but it isn't going to kill anybody. So now you basically have <laughs> a, a very expensive uh, 50 legless Barker lounges covered in, in pungent blood. Great work. Great work. Yep. I'm going to go a different me. direction. Agreed. Agreed. You've gone Protecting with herps me. first. I'm going to go with aves. I'm going go with birds. Okay. I'm going to surprise you in this one. I'm not going to go big and aggro. I'm going to go very small. Okay. I'm going to have 50. I'm going to have 50 ruby-throated hummingbirds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. but I can't wait for the special ability. The I can't superpower. Wait. <laughs> and remember, we can make they can make him do whatever we want. You're you're fucking yeah. all surrounded you. Okay, I'm gonna. The superpower I'm bringing in is the Papua New Guinea and poison birds. Okay, and these are birds that have a neurotoxin in their feathers, and all of my hummingbirds are suicidal, and they, <laughs> their only job is to fly into the throats of all your giant carnivores, paralyzing them and killing them. I yeah. quit. It's over. I can't win this. <laughs> no, no, that's that, that. He wasted his pick. Ritep, you're up for two. <laughs> well, I don't give a shit what you have to say. Uh, I'm picking humans because they're mammals. You can eat my okay. dick. All right, Primates, I'm, I'm picking yeah, right. humans. So Make my it. mammal is a human, and uh, they uh, are going to have the special ability of a another mammal. They will be able to run at the speed of a cheetah and use their human brains to do whatever the fuck. Uh, humans do Ooh, 50 of them smart they're a team they're a team of humans 
They can get together in groups. We are unstoppable. We will build weapons. We will plan. We will decimate these birds. We'll put up defenses, shields. The crocodiles are ridiculous, as Forrest always says, are the dumbest creatures on the the earth. I don't even know why you would pick that. They they barely come out of the fucking water. We'll stomp their snouts. We'll take them with duct tape. They won't even be able to open their mouths. Make your picks. Don't worry about my picks. The Brosners will decide. No, I did. I did one more. I just see... Wait, Wait B2, B2, uh, uh, no, let me just let me just go over this one just to understand. In uh-huh. the context of what we're talking is the battle royale of, of animals, and you've chosen uh-huh. humans, so it's a primate. Yeah. That's fine. As everyone knows on this show, anyway, humans mm-hmm. didn't evolve from from primates. We evolved with primates from God. Oh, with okay, okay that's fine. Uh, but with with <laughs> primates, so we're part of the same. So basically, they come into this as animals, which we which base and they're super fast. So which yep. means they're naked. Okay, they don't come in. Wearing true. your true religion jeans and what was the, nope. the, the tap out shirts. So yeah. you basically what you said is I'm going to have 50 streakers run across the battle <laughs> really royale fast. field. That's yeah. your plan. A yeah. bunch of nudists well, listen, running around I, screaming, looking BTG, for duct tape. BTG, you're, you, you are forgetting what I just mentioned is our power in numbers and our big brains, our opposable thumbs. We can create tools. We can build things. We can build defenses. Trojan yeah. horses. We could. We could fucking put. Uh, you know, we're we in an arena. Start a pen. So you're somebody. So you're, a, so, a, a so pandemic. I'll start a fucking animal pandemic. Give me a coronavirus that just infects. Fucking. We'll figure it out. Okay. Right? So, you, so your 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 assertion is that all those epic weaponized objects and systems were created by high speed nudists. That's that's your convention. <laughs> that's that's what it is. That's where he's going. All right, Recep, what's your herb don't, or bird? Don't generalize my group of humans. They're a good group, my fifty humans. Okay, um, I don't know much about fucking animals. I'm gonna have a uh, something in, in the water, and I, is so a herp. Explain what an herp is to me again. Uh, Petafauna includes reptiles and amphibians. Herp okay, so amphibians, sure. not okay. herpes, herps. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so I am going, my next pick is then going to be a bird because I don't know, I still have to think about that. So a, uh, my, my, I am also going to pick just the general common uh, hummingbird. Apologies, BTG, you picked a very specific type. I'm still allowed to pick that. And my common you, hummingbird. What? What's wrong? I, I feel like hummingbirds are off the table. Okay, all right, all right, all right. That's fine. I'll accept I that because it's not Pat telling me that. Shut the fuck up, Pat. I, I will pick the I will pick the seagulls, okay? Oh, okay. Seagulls are my pick, mm-hmm. and they will have the... What bird power? Got to be Diving, force, and tenacity, talon, speed, sharpness of the... Is it the harpy eagle? The yes. one that dives really fast. It's, you always Something pick the, the harpy 50. eagle. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, or a golden eagle. So way. instead of just a harpy eagle with the harpy eagle's diving ability, you want a much less, a much smaller bird, a it's got, seagull. It's got, web, with, it's got web feet. I now wanted a more pet-like bird, just a, a meager pet-like bird with a striped shirt and a stupid hat. Doesn't even have a towel. Is it wearing deck shoes? <laughs> just it's, it's just so BTG. Doesn't you, matter. My fucking humans will corral them all to eat everybody. <laughs> Fuck off. They'll eat your French fries when you're at the beach. Uh, really quickly, <laughs> exactly. though. All right, BTG. What's going to be your mammal or herp? Okay. Um, wow. I just yeah. None of that uh, made sense to me. So. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm gonna. Uh... <laughs> All right. Who just snorted like that? Was that you, BTG? It, it could. Are have you been. a fucking bear? Christ I, Almighty! That is my nickname, the Big Bear. Actually, yes. So, nice. and I am a bear expert. So, there you go. <laughs> um, um, if you any, don't pick a fucking bear right now, I'm off the podcast. I'm gonna get my herbs out of the way. Uh, it's just too good. It's 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 so <laughs> it's so hard to choose. I I, I want to keep the poison thing going because I feel like we don't use poison enough in these battles. And and I was tempted to get a big predatory a reptile and then. Add poison dot frog uh, toxins to it, so you couldn't bite it. Uh, but I'm gonna go a different way. I'm gonna go with a Komodo dragon. I wow. know they can be slow and sluggish, but once they get going, there's a lot of donagi there. And uh, I'm gonna add to it a Komodo dragon sized equivalent of the hydrostatic chameleon tongue. Okay. So that slaps you as you go past. Draws you in, you get that horrific bite. At at worst, at best, you're wounded. At worst, you're crippled and you're about to get eaten. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit. So now it's basically, you imagine the, the hitting power uh, of a chameleon tongue, which is as fast as a bullet out of a out of a handgun, a 9 mil anyway, and it's just <laughs> slapping in so you can't beat it and tripping you up. And then this monstrous giant lizard, and its foul breath and its diseased teeth is just <laughs> ripping pieces out of you while you're screaming and you're saying, why did I come here naked? Yeah, those that's cool. Uh, that, those would never get past my Nile Crocs. I'm going to be safe, so I feel good about that. Um, all right. I have my Nile Crocs to protect me. They're going to be my last line of defense. My first line of offense is going to be my mammal. I'm going to take 50... African bull elephants. Again, of course you big, are. Again. They're, they're stamping. Same shit Hang every on. day. Hang Should on. we just quit the... Let's just stop the battle royales every time with the, with the, with the African elephants. And the crocodiles. It's, it's, it's lame. Usually, it's usually Use your brain. Them. I'm going to give them the power of a naked mole rat. Good. The power... <laughs> Which one? The, they have the, thousands the, of the powers. The naked mole rat does have many powers. They're fascinating. They, they do. The naked mole rat has three quarters less pain receptors than other mammals. They feel no pain. They ain't scared of shit. Mm, So I'm going to have 50 African bull elephants that are impervious to pain. They will not stop. They will run through until every last one of your shitty animals is dead. Uh, And then I'm going to go to my bird. And this is really, I mean, this is where I've won. And everyone's going to agree with me. I'm going to take 50 cassowaries. Nice. We know they have those big claws. They're very dangerous. But I'm going to give them the flying ability of a peregrine falcon. Fuck off. So now I've got 50 fucking dragons with giant claws that are flying I'm not really fast, diving. I've already, I've already put up an iron dome, by the way. BTG, who hates all of my picks, liked that one. Fuck off, Ritzap. Yeah, right, that, 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 that was very good. I, I, I do love that. I, uh, your elephant thing is just stupid. It always was stupid. <laughs> lame. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know. It's monkey-brained dumb nonsense. Um, you know, it's the sequel to the sequel. No one's watching. But that, Understood. I'm assuming, just to clarify for the, the astute listener, I'm assuming you've intelligently gone with a female southern double-waddled Cassowary, which is the biggest, most aggressive, Peregrine obviously. Falcon, obviously the fastest bird in the sky. That, that's an impressive, 
an impressive creature. So for my mammal, it's game over, I'm afraid. I was saving it. So I, I got some novel. I, I went with novelty. I wanted to showcase some novelty. The suicidal hummingbirds that are coated in neurotoxin, diving down people's throats, take out all the big animals. And then, of course, uh, just the horror of these Komodo dragons slapping you in the ankles and drawing you in for a terrible bite. That's a wonderful, it's, it's a wonderful way to mix it up. But my destroyer, my, my Vishnu, my destroyer of worlds is going to be a greater one horn rhino, the largest of all rhino, with the superpowers of a Pantanal jaguar, the most okay. powerful of all the big cats. So now it has now remember that Indian greater Indian rhino or greater one horn rhinos already have devastating canines and they defend themselves not just by hammering things but by biting. Now they have that additional jaw power, pound for pound, the greatest of any mammal, uh, except for killer whales, in their face with these giant teeth, and they have claws on their heavy feet. So they're smashing, tearing, leaping, climbing, and biting. I can't think of a more horrific predator than that hybrid. That's fun. I okay. like it. The you brosters guys, are going to have some tough decisions here. Ritep? No, they're, they're not your, because well, you guys have now. not thought one step outside of the box. Uh, actually, BTG has a little bit. But okay. uh, Pat, with your African, just fuck off. But my, my next, my final creature, it doesn't matter what abilities any of your stupid fucking monster creations uh, have. Because when my giant salamander that has the ability to just be covered in psychedelic toad venom that makes you trip on DMT mm -hmm. comes out and your stupid animals eat them and just all of your animals will they be tripping be. balls with all of these crazy monsters flying around your cassowaries. They're not going to be able to do shit. They'll be paralyzed while my humans who are well-trained with big mm. brains, know not to eat these salamanders or touch them, will decimate your scared, meager, even your largest fucking bull elephants and your cassowaries. They're going to be terrified because if you've ever taken okay. psychedelics and had a bad trip and you don't know you're tripping, you are fucked. You are in the pit of hell with my fucking humans. Just whatever. They could have a bow and arrow. Rocks. It doesn't matter. They're all doomed. All of your creatures. This is like... This reminds yeah. me of the time that I was on, on jury duty and the uh, guy who clearly got a DUI <laughs> was defending himself and was just oh, talking nice. in logic circles. I, I just I had a flashback. There's no logic circle. Your animals will all touch or try and devour with their mouths in some way my giant 50 giant salamanders that are covered in psychedelic toad venom and all it takes is a touch mates and they are in the pit of hell psychologically just, again i just it's the combination thing that i, I feel like you know quite grasping um a la the, the, the happy eagle and the seagull i just <laughs> it doesn't matter they're, they're just, out of the equation i know like, it's a bad it's pick it's like PTG. a monster movie and you're going he's gonna have a chainsaw and a sandwich uh, just like why? Why? I just—it's so, a great analogy. So in this case, you said giant salamander. So I'm assuming I'm just going to give you the answer and say, okay, the biggest salamander. There's more the poison, more psychedelic poison. They're the big. giant There's Chinese more. salamander is the biggest in the world, and it's huge. But it's give me the still benefit. Basically, it it's still basically a. They're turd just there for bait. It's a, it's a turd in a condom. It's a They're just there for bait. They're and just there to be anybody eaten. anybody lick it? Why would anybody because, see that? And I didn't say lick it. They're not going to lick it. They're going to no, some of these 
monster why animals are gonna. Why wouldn't they just sm step on its head and be done with because, it? It doesn't matter. What are they? They're still gonna fucking get the poison on their foot into their bodies. Very poisonous it, it creature. Poison, it's just, poison doesn't work like that. The whole it definition does. of poison, it's not poison venom. works that way. You have to ingest it. That's the difference between poison no. and venom. No. If, Listen, if my humans, my humans will all fifty humans. Each one of them will be holding a giant salamander. Bring it, bitches. That's so, my weapon. I'll so be stuffing it and punching humans, it into your mouth. Your naked humans are running around with this big condom full of shit, telling yep. people to lick it. That's your plan. No, yep. they're not yes. going to say yes. shit. They Bradley, are not going to say yes. shit. They're going to be punching poison psychedelic well, toad venom into all of your animals' mouths, and your animals will be in the pit of psychological hell. Hey, by the way, and they this will is be why, destroyed, decimated. You, you know this what? Is this why is why. We should never drink this much when we do a podcast at 5 a.m. Uh, <laughs> I just, I feel like this circles right back to Discovery buying HBO and Warner Brothers. One of the biggest yeah. hits, one of the biggest, <laughs> hits on, one of the biggest hits on Discovery <laughs> and the birth of Forrest Galante was uh, Naked and Afraid. And oh, now, yeah. and, and, and then we got HBO with all these horror things. And so now we go perfect. We've got yeah. Retep's angry nudist just running around. <laughs> Hoping people will lick his giant venomous. Not hoping. Humans hoping. are fucking aggressive, vicious, terrible animals. No, I'll I'm be punching giant salamander toad venom down each of your fucking African bull elephants, your cassowary. I don't even know what BTG fucking created because it's too complex. Well, My let's let the Brosners decide. Uh, first, thank you. Thank you, BTG. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's always uh, if a you've been, Thank you. If you've been listening... Please do check out uh, BTG's Instagram uh, at Tasmanian underscore Grizzly. That's with two Zs. Uh, Especially if you want to see a stingray suck off a human. Yeah, there's that and lots Talk more. Talk about Battle Royale. Lots of other animals <laughs> sucking him off in his youth. Uh, <laughs> so also go on to the YouTube, go on to the iTunes and vote. Whose uh, battalion is best? Is it my... Uh, Nile, 50 Nile crocodiles that can shoot blood out of their eyes like a horned lizard. Ooh, is, it my, Who cares? is it my 50 African bull elephants that feel no pain like a naked Real ball original. Rat? Real or original. Or is it my 50 cassowaries who can fly as fast and nimbly as a peregrine? Actually quite terrifying. Can I, yeah, that was, can I just jump in and say yeah. another quality of, of the naked mole rat that we should appreciate is that they actually can uh, tolerate incredibly low oxygen levels for oh, extended yeah. periods of time. They can, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and, but can and they tolerate good, DMT, That's going to be important because when Retep's nudists are fear-farting so much <laughs> that all the oxygen in the dome is gone, they There'll will be, no fear be fully functional the, and aggressive. The only fear-farting fear that will be happening will be happening from your animals that are tripping balls. All right, so is it my team? Is it BTG's hummingbirds that are going to fly with neurotoxin that are going to fly down your throat? Is it his Komodo dragons with chameleon tongues? Cannon tongues, thank you. Cannon tongues, or his greater one-horned rhinos that have Pantanal jaguar bite force and claws, or and is the most is the most fearsome team Peter's fifty streakers who run really fast, as fast as a cheetah. Uh, fifty seagulls who have the flight power of a harpy eagle to come down and steal your Cajun and fries. the talents and the talents and the talents. Or is it his giant salamander, a fifty-five pound log of shit in a condom uh, that's covered in uh, DMT? Um, not covered, whole body, whole body. This is a thing. Whole body, and the humans are holding the giant salamanders. 
So theoretically, they would have ingested it as well. But it's not even it's not yeah. even fatal. You no, we have chosen, gloves. We've we've invented gloves because of our naked. human brains. You're naked and afraid. Like you could have chosen a man, no one's frog afraid. Or a My humans are not afraid. Or a Spanish rib. You could have done all these things, but but no. you chose just just the 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 the, the psycho toad. That was hilarious. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna spike hey. both your drinks next time we're together with DMT. I was gonna say you tell we, me you're I've done it to myself basically. This thing is killing me. <laughs> yeah, right. We all have. My DTG, eyes are closing. <laughs> uh, so Forrest will be back next week from Africa. He'll be back. We're gonna do some. Uh, we're gonna go up to Santa Barbara and do a whole bunch of podcasts up there and, and, and yeah. do some fun stuff. We're going to watch, uh, oh, you know, old episodes of extinct or alive and just do sort of running commentary, mystery science, 3000 style, That's uh, funny. would, you know, it'd be great to, to do one in person someday. Our audience loves you, man. It, we should all get together and, uh, I, I would and do love one, that. We should, we should hang. walk up to wherever you want to go and, and uh, and just do a B movie audio over one of those episodes. That would be totally. Hilarious. Well, we're also thinking. So I have uh, out back in my house here in the in the valley, very close to you, have a big TV. We're, we've been talking about when Forrest gets back, um, just putting, just getting a like an hour of just really crazy animal videos and just watching them and having some cocktails and pausing and talking through them. Uh, would you want to maybe join us for something like that? I would love that. And now that uh, I'm assuming we're all fully vaccinated now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah baby. It, it Doesn't it feel good? Just that relief to think oh that you God. can get out in the world and feel a little totally. less exposed. I'm, I'm unfortunately in the position of having known uh, some people who've died of COVID and someone who died of blood clots from the uh, Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. So it's, it's you know, hell. I don't want to gloss over the cost of this pandemic. But on the flip sure. side of that, if you have access to the vaccine, Go get it. I, I'm, you know, obviously serving Agreed. the military, as you know. I got injected with everything so that I could be what yeah. they call FE, fit everywhere, so you can go to every combat zone, do what has to be done. In our wildlife profession, we all get juiced up with whatever. I get rabies <laughs> yep. shot every year. I get yellow fever every year. If you want to live an adventure, adventurous life, getting vaccinated is part of that. And I just feel so grateful and relieved to have had a decent vaccine and, and yeah. now be able to catch up with friends in person. I know. Yeah. It's Love a it. lot more fun. It's I'll tell you what, it's a lot more fun drinking cocktails at this early hour and then being able to hang out after you're done as opposed yeah. to then having to sh- sort of sheepishly walk into the other room and see our wives and girlfriends and be like, yeah, we're already pretty drunk. Sorry, it's only seven <laughs> o'clock. I'm on the second story. I don't know how I'm going to get down those stairs. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to have to go down like a hop seal. I don't, it's not going to go well for me. <laughs> not a bull no. seal? <laughs> Let us know. Just a Bradley film it. Seal. Just, 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 just yeah, yeah, send yeah. us an IG live. That was a drinking game when I was at, when I was airborne. That was a drinking game we had called, uh, you play it called crocodiles or alligators? And no, you just get drunk and then you dive downstairs and whoever gets the furthest uh, wins. It's that not a good sound, I mean, that, good that, no, not a good game. Did you suffer any injuries other than oh, your obvious mental injuries injury. every time, which is why it was hilarious. Wait, but, real uh, quick before we let you go. <laughs> you told me a story once about something when you were in the Tasmanian, when you were in the, the military, and it somehow was all playful, but I think you and another guy both ended up with a broken nose doing something playful that was like a prank. Do you remember the story? Oh, they've... When I they mean, were giving each the, other hand jobs, uh, circle jerk, the uh, well, military we circle jerk. Sting race involved, obviously. Um, <laughs> sure. No, I I remember that. No, I it was. I felt really bad about this. No, it was my last night in the army, and we're getting okay. out, and we had a policy. All the elite combat guys had a policy. Whatever the dress code was for a fancy dress party, we would just wear togas, one pin, no underwear. That was the rule. <laughs> 
And uh, remember, this is pre-Uber and whatever. So you get, you got to catch a taxi and explain yourself. And, and you're sort of hanging brain half the time. It's not good. Anyway, so we get to this thing. And it's a huge party. It was at a place called 10 Terminal Regiment, which is a water transport regiment. So a fabulous location for their base right by the, by the, by the sea. It's beautiful. Anyway, we had this huge night. It was my turn to go to the bar. And I don't know whether it was because I was under the influence or because no one wants to serve a giant guy in a toga. Uh, <laughs> With one pin holding it together. Right. And, and you know, I, I'm pretty sure even the slightest draft and someone's, you know, getting a glimpse of cleft. It's not good. <laughs> it's so, like when you're in the sauna with one of those small towels on. Yeah, exactly. So I'm anyway, the guys got pissed that I was taking so long to get the drinks. And I just feel this hand just grab my toga and rip it off. <laughs> and, naked in the bar. Instinctively. Talk about naked and afraid. I just kind of grabbed it. I managed to get um, a very small portion of it. Unfortunately, more than adequate to, to cover my genitals. And, you know, two or three big guys, some guys from the paras and guys from the SAS, and they're just dragging me. I'm barefoot. That's the other part of the rule. you got to be barefoot. And I'm getting dragged. I'm, I'm barefoot skiing across this carpet, naked, except for this tiny corner of this sheet over my junk. And in my panic, I just kind of reach up. With the, uh, if anyone's military parachute training, you know what I mean by the overhand locking grip. And I reach forward and start sheafing in this sheet. And these guys, uh-huh. I didn't even look. I just, it's like being in a rugby scrum. You just bite or punch whatever's on you. Yeah. I just, and I just headbutt the end of it. And I hear no. this crack and everyone kind of falls away. I made myself kind of a, a kind of a diaper. Uh, very quickly, without any offense meant to the great Mahatma Gandhi. And I'm standing in my diaper going, okay, no cause for panic. And I look over there, one of my best friends who just been uh, in the SAS, just being sent to Afghanistan the next day, and I just pancaked his nose. Oh, and what God. made it worse was as a joke early on, again, this is the group that we rolled with at the time, we are a little bit drunk, is that we were setting chicken wings on fire and sticking them on each other's back. <laughs> and and he had received a great number of these, and he was already, we'd already gone too far, so he went to war in <laughs> Afghanistan the next, with, and he still smelled like chicken wings with a broken nose. And, uh, he already received a great number of these. Like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> He's a big Thank- dude, had big back. And uh, and he wasn't he's not a big hairy beast like me so they, the chicken the burning chicken wings stuck on it more easily. Um, anyway, I felt terrible about it not at the time. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. Of but course, pancake nose and chicken wings. Man. In retrospect, I think it's very very funny. Yeah, eighteen and, uh, years later, hilarious. it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got to say, BTG, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Uh, Absolutely they, not. You were nude in the middle of a bar. Um, you have hundreds the right to headbutt your friend. Hundreds of people. Uh, yeah. Look, great stories. Can't wait to have you back, dude. The audience, uh, the Brosners absolutely love you. We love having you on. It's always a really good time. Like I said, his Instagram's great. Peter, take us out. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, at Tasmanian underscore Grizzly to see all of BTG's shit that he's doing. Obviously very fucking motivated, entertaining guy, military vet, Fucking amazing. Thanks again for coming on, making fun of me, 
And uh, next time, make fun of Pat a little bit more because he's very meager and he's wearing a striped weird shirt on camera, which is ridiculous. I'm cool. That man. is, a, you know, I just I feel like I, I feel like <laughs> I, that Pat has so much stacked against him, and he he, he's, he does. He, he's yeah, so genetically, close, especially. He's so close to being what you consider charismatic and attractive, but he isn't. He's kind of he's, he's kind of so sure. he's kind of office hot, and so yeah. you just and you yeah. just just. just he, he has to carry that. Out. He has to carry that every day. Yeah, that's rough. So, it's a lot of weight. Out. It's a lot of weight on the <laughs> yeah, shoulders. It's a, a great well, pleasure, Deluca, mate, Peter. It's just uh, really appreciate the honor of being uh, brought back, and uh, always a lot of fun. Love talking animals. I'm a little bit too drunk for my own good. I'm not going to apologize because we'll do it again next time. Absolutely. If- be sure to check out the other episode we had BTG on. I don't know which one it is, but it's on YouTube and it has his name in it. If you can't find it, you should probably stop using the internet to find all of our shit, thewildtimespodcast.com forward slash info for all of the links. The Patreon is live. There's some shit on there. We talk about it every time. Uh, it's fun. It's great. You want to unlock that content. Uh, and then Forrest will be back next week. And we'll be doing the fucking bonus podcasts, talking eight fucking podcasts a month. You going to be able to handle that, Pat? I know I am. I'm I'm super excited about it, dude. In person, all hanging out, getting drunk. I can't wait to edit eight podcasts a month. Fucking keep signing up for that Patreon and I'm going to fucking edit these goddamn podcasts. We fucking love you. Good night. Love you guys. Good night. Later, BTG. Love you, too. Cheers, gentlemen. Bye. Hate you, Pat.